0: The MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, where we discuss all things crypto-related. Your host, Kieran Ryan.
1: Binance has big ambitions in South Africa, and it's an extraordinary growth story, having been launched just six years ago. Though it doesn't publish its financial statements, Bloomberg estimates its annual revenue at around $12 billion as of April 2023. Its founder and CEO, Peng Zhao, more commonly known as CZ, is reckoned to be worth close to $10 billion, according to Forbes magazine. Success like that is bound to attract attention, and so it has, with the world's two largest exchanges, Coinbase and Binance, coming under regulatory scrutiny in the US. I'm joined by Hannes Vessels, who is General Manager for Southern Africa for Binance. Hi Hannes, it's not the first time we've had you on the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, but it is good to have you back on again. Can you talk about, very quickly, the legal issues in the US and what? is that about and how is Binance responding to that?
0: Hi Kiran, good morning to everyone. Yeah, so officially not in a position to comment on that. I would refer our listeners to the detailed blog we've posted on that. What I would say on the benefit of our users is two things. South Africa is not part of that part of the business. For the attentive, they'll they'll observe that if you log into the US business, it's Binance.us In South Africa and the rest of the world is Binance.com. So our users are in fence for whatever happens in the US. I think the second point to make is that there's a lot of geopolitical play as well. You will know that yes, there's a lot of regulatory action in the US against the crypto exchanges. When we take a step back, you also see a lot of constructive discussions in places like Hong Kong. There was a lot of press about the Hong Kong Monetary Authority now engaging with HSBC and Standard Chartered with a brief to start looking at adopting crypto as part of their models. So it is a spectrum. I think a lot of the attention at this stage goes towards the US, but I think worthwhile looking at the bigger picture, and I say, the globe as such, and they receive very promising developments.
1: Right, and in South Africa, of course, there have been regulations introduced here as well so i guess binance is i think you're currently trading from a derivatives point of view under a jurisdictional license with five west but i guess you're planning to have your own license in this country
0: yes we do so we are in the final state with our application i think the benefit of a firm like binance is that we've had this already a couple of times so we've applied for a number of licenses In Europe, in the Middle East, I'm working with the Middle East team to make sure that we take the best of what we have in those jurisdictions, and those regulators are quite strict, and use those as a template for our submission to the FSCA. Again, the industry observers will know that that window is from the 1st of June to the 30th of November. I understand from some of the other press coverage, at this stage, 20 exchanges or 20 CASPs, as they refer to, as applied. We will apply. It's our firm intention. And yeah, just dotting the eyes and crossing the T's at this stage. To your point about the derivatives platform, that's with our journalistic partner Five West, also a friend of this channel. We're gonna keep that arrangement. It works really well. They're a very solid platform. They understand the regulatory framework, and it's been very productive. If I look at that specific products, we say the normal spot platform. Both has been very attractive to us, but this one specifically has worked really well.
1: Binance, of course, is well known around the world, probably less so from a South African point of view, because the attention would be on the exchanges that maybe preceded you like Luno and Velo. But tell us, how do you rank in South Africa as a crypto exchange?
0: For me, there's two categories. I think the locals focus very much on what we call the czar on the apps. so basically getting your than from one of the traditional South African banks to other exchanges. According to our data, they we rank number three. However, you know from our perspective, and it also goes to the point of how the crypto flow between exchanges in South Africa. In terms of the bigger, bigger flow, including derivatives, we number one, and our, our data shows that very really clearly. And I think it goes to the point where we've seen users on the broader blockchain using these firms to on Yes, some of them trade on these firms, but then a lot of the crypto, once that is converted into crypto, then makes its way to Binance for further trading as we simply cover more pairs than the other exchanges. I think they've done a great job in terms of building their platforms, but our service offering is just far wider. And that also goes to the derivatives. platform. We're at this stage, we're the only one offering a derivatives platform. So
1: right. And of course, that is what Binance is quite famous for in South Africa, is the ability to trade derivatives on crypto in addition to
0: spot, right? That's correct. So we do both. In addition to that, NFTs as well. We also do peer-to-peer, and we have another product called Binance Pay, which I'm particularly excited about. We always talk about you know, the purpose of crypto in the community and society. And that's really a flagship product for us in other countries, and one push far more in South Africa.
1: Yeah, I want to come back to that in a minute, and the whole payments thing and how that intersects with the crypto market generally. But just talk about the flows onto exchanges at the moment. Uh, In the first half of this year, we saw tremendous boost in crypto prices, generally after the long winter we had last year. Is this reflected on exchanges? You're seeing that the volume flow tends to follow the price.
0: Yes, I won't say it's perfectly correlated, but it does. There's a lot of distortion in terms of volumes when it comes to the arbitrage traders. They've obviously built circuits where they can trade within that value chain almost up to 10 times a day, if not long. So if you and trade traded uh, closing the gaps between, say, Bitcoin on Luna and Bitcoin on Binance, you basically keep trading until that price gap closes. Now that becomes a high volume gain and then distorts the volume numbers. If you look at the retail segment specifically, I think that's a, that's a better proxy of trading volumes. And there we have seen the volumes pick up. I think across exchanges, because this is all available on chain analysis, but it's not perfectly correlated. But I think once you're going to that real bull market phase, then you really see the volume to speak up. But then again, the price is higher as well. So it becomes a case of do you track volume or do you track value? I think if you track volume, it's not that much higher, but it is up.
1: All right, go back to this issue of... Binance Pay, I think that was the product that you mentioned. I see Binance as being a type of a bank or a financial institution in the future. There's so much merger of financial products between crypto and traditional finance. Am I wrong in making an assumption like that, that you are kind of moving into this traditional finance space?
0: There's a line between the two which will blur. I don't think we will ever become a purely traditional bank. That's not what we set out to do. It's not what the societal problem we aim to solve. What we do see happening is that we will become more and more active in the payments space. I think the banks will move closer towards crypto over time to adopt the technology from a payments perspective as well. The efficiencies, I think, is simply such that it doesn't make sense not to. But I think that blurred line will disappear over time. At the moment, we've got two parallel value change, which I think over time will merge when no one knows. Looking at our wireless paid product, crypto is a technology and every technology has got a adoption curve. And um, for me, there's, there's obviously the retail adoption curve, which is the one everybody follows. For pay to work, there needs to be a merchant adoption curve as well. We see that steadily picking up, not as fast as we would like to. And that's the bit we will be focused on, is getting bigger merchants on the side. So you can also use your crypto in your wallet with Binance or whichever one of the uh, crypto firms is enabled to do pay, to then buy groceries, apparel apparel, whatever. Yeah with your crypto and that's the bit that needs to be solved next. And you said
1: it's not going as fast as you would like. Is that because people just really don't understand how crypto can be used as a payment system or they just don't really see any need for change?
0: It's a bit of both. Let's give the South African banks the idea that it's a system that works really well. If you look at the contactless type of payment system we have in South Africa at the moment, those are semi-instantaneous, but they only work within the common monetary area and mostly South Africa. The moment you start purchasing cross border or emit money cross border, that's when it becomes difficult. It's slow and it's expensive. And I think anybody who's ever sent dollars to anybody else from a South African bank account knows how painful that is. And I think that's one of the problems crypto this. I think the other thing is, from a pivotal immersion perspective and back to Binance Pay, it's an adoption curve. And at this stage, the payment system works well, but we firmly believe there's place for crypto in that as well. And where versions have been adopted, we have seen that work well. So it's a case of a merchant adoption, but then also that point that I think you're hinting at is user education, which normally precedes user adoption.
1: I mean, we've seen Pick and Pay adopt, certainly in some of their stores, crypto payments. You can pay in Bitcoin in a lot of places around South Africa now. So Binance Pay, does that offer a merchant the opportunity to accept both fiat and Bitcoin and other cryptos? Or just explain what it is.
0: Okay, so diving to the question, it's not going to accept fiat, but it will be able to accept crypto where a user has deposited fiat into their accounts and converted it to crypto. It's based on a, or what I like to call a waterfall where in your Binance wallet, you can stipulate which one of your coins or tokens you would like to use for payments first. So the user has that choice. That's done to basically give users the ability not to trade Bitcoin if you want to hold your Bitcoin, but rather use your USDT or TUSD, your stable coins. To purchase whatever day-to-day stuff you need and that's very important for us to have that user choice available but for now that i mean i think to go up against the banks on a fiat basis doesn't make sense for us and it's not what we designed to do so for now we're going to stick to crypto
1: we've talked about some of the other products that binance offers what's new i mean apart from the ability to buy this huge range of pairs crypto pairs and stable coins what else is coming
0: at this stage, we're very much building out the education platform. I think, you know, instead of going for other products that solve problems that because sometimes say not a problem, you know, solution to for a problem, rather focus on the education. But and then there we, we have partnered with a firm to help us build that. Uh, they called Coursera, and they're going to help us build that education platform of us. I would rather get the users as educated as possible. If you look at the existing product suite between beer to beer, violence, bay, derivative spot, and nfts that covers almost everything you need covered at this stage i think what future developments have is not something we look at the moment but future developments need to be you know identification layers basically population databases that type of stuff but that is something best owned by a government so not something we're going to venture into but i think that and the property layer that the NFT product kind of hints to but at the moment doesn't address. I think that is some of the bigger future applications. But we need to see more user adoption, I think, before it becomes economical to do all those products out.
1: And that's interesting. Are you finding any correlation between the user adoption and the level of education? So you've obviously figured that the more we educate people, the better clients or the you know, the more loyal clients we have. Is that the assumption here?
0: Yes, and we have seen exactly that. I would like to see more people educate themselves even before they start trading. I think it just makes for a safer and more educated trading experience. But if I look at the hits on our website, our academy website, versus that which we see on the platform, they do correlate and they correlate well. So that's very encouraging to see. And last time I checked, we had 368 articles on on specific items in crypto, blockchain, etc., etc. So it's a very good site. I would encourage all players in crypto to follow this approach. But yeah, that correlation definitely exists. I did have a look at your academy and I find it
1: quite useful because I think the articles are, you know, they explain sometimes quite technical concepts very simply so that somebody new can get a fairly good grasp on this. Whereas if you go to some of the crypto press, they're kind of addressing the developer community, which is, (laughs) I don't think is the smart idea. Whereas yours is very targeted towards the user.
0: That's the idea That's good to get that. Said, it endorsement, It's written to take people from zero to one and beyond. But I think that zero to one step is very important for us.
1: Okay, so education, that's definitely one thing to watch. Let's talk about the market generally now, trends that you think we ought to be looking at. I mean, one of the trends I've spotted, I think everybody would probably have spotted this, is this talk about Bitcoin dominance returning. In other words, Bitcoin really seems to be the big story of the year, whereas the altcoins, all cryptocurrencies that are not Bitcoin in other words are not quite as in favor as they were in prior markets. What do you think are the
0: trends to watch? I think the explanation for the Bitcoin dominance increase is the expectation of a Bitcoin ETF. And especially in the States. And there is a lot of noise from the SEC about unlisted securities, etc. I think there's well, how many firms now? I think BlackRock obviously the big one that's applied for an ETF. And that's why there's a lot of attention on Bitcoin per se, but that becomes a focus on the store of value, not a remittance device. So I think the other altcoins, those that's worth it, then I'll get the say. So I think There's a lot of stuff out there that shouldn't be out there. But if you focus on, let's say, the top 20 protocols, there's a lot of value there, a lot of them clear very quickly. I mean, I look at our platforms. as well. Clearly, the, the settlement times versus that of Bitcoin, it's clear there's been a bifurcation in purpose and utility between Bitcoin and the rest. Bitcoin becoming that store of value where the rest is really developing towards permittance mechanisms, et cetera.
1: Is this reflected in your volumes as well that you're seeing more Bitcoin being traded than altcoins? I mean, is there some stats that you got that could back that up?
0: Yeah, I mean, we do trace this internally. It does show that. And it does show that I think the top five coins are the most traded. I think what I would refer all our users to is coin market cap. That shows you clearly how much each of the tokens trade every day. And it also shows you which of the exchanges trade what volumes and what they have on their balance sheet as custodians. And that's updated every day. So that's a very useful source. You can clearly see the volumes on them. That's a public domain website. So, yeah, I think it's a very good source of information.
1: And Hannes, just talk about the Binance customer in South Africa. Is the adoption growing? Tell us a little bit about the demographics of your client base here. Young, old knowledgeable how would you
0: describe them it's sometimes <laughs> courageous to define it as an individual but let me give it a go we've seen this to be on our side quite an equitable split between male and female but still leaning towards the male side it's a younger individual most often a young black individual who lives in the Gauteng area that's where i see most of our users come from but we've seen healthy adoption now from consider natal and the western province as well but most of our new users are still from the Gauteng province and then to your question on the user numbers, we've seen healthy increase in user number adoption this year, which is very encouraging for us. And these clients that you're talking about,
1: are they doing this? Are they trading? Are they interested in derivatives, the spot
0: markets? Are they hodlers? What about that? I think in the first instance, spot traders, so people who buy and sell crypto, we do see a lot of them hodling, which is encouraging, you know, just steadily can I say, around cost averaging into crypto, buying a little bit every month. We see people with regular deposits onto their accounts. The derivatives market is not a big one. It is one that you have to know what you're doing. And luckily, we see most of our users are sophisticated people who all know what they're doing. But yeah, at this stage, it's the balance between holding accumulating and trading coins on a smart basis.
1: And as a final question, what kind of wallets are they using? Do they use wallets that Binance supplies or they got their own what is the situation there
0: most of our users stay on exchange so they keep it in their Binance wallet on their phone on their web browser etc we do see a lot of users also using our trust wallet which is basically our cold storage wallet it is on your phone but that's for people who want to keep their crypto aside and not in their Binance wallet we've seen a healthy adoption of that as well and it's again encouraging everybody to explore the product for those who don't want to use a cold wallet or offline wallet, that's a very good alternative. And we've seen very good reports on it. We see the users love it, they like the product, and they see it as safe. So that's important to us.
1: All right. And that's called the trust wallet. Is that Binance only? Is it unique to Binance customers?
0: No, no, no. So it's a Binance product, but I mean it's blockchain enabled. So for instance, you have let's just use an example, a Luna wallet you want to send from your Luno Bitcoin wallet to trust wallet that's perfectly yeah. enabled. So it doesn't need to be a Binance user. But it is a binance problem.
1: Of course, a cold wallet being one that is not connected to the internet. So that would be the safest level of security, just so that people
0: who are not familiar with crypto would understand that, right? That's correct. I think what we do caution people of the security is such that normally I have a 12-word seed phrase on these wallets and people do tend to lose them. And I had a sobering statistic two weeks ago that 4% of all Bitcoin is lost every year due to people locking themselves out of their wallets because they lose their seed phrases. And they have this device. They have it on a, on, a, on a token or they have it on a wallet. in cold storage, but they can't access it. So that's where I still think that the additional exchanges play a good role. It, again, everybody needs to do their research to see which ones are the safest. You know, gold market the tap, you share that indication. We rank all the exchanges, including Binance. So, yeah, everybody do your research. But yes, it is a viable option. Just make absolutely sure you understand how that seed phrase works.
1: Yeah, it's a bit of a shocking statistic. 4% of all Bitcoin being lost every year because people lose their 12-word or their 24-word seed phrase. And I think this is one of the things that people are having a little bit of trouble with in the crypto space is just getting to understand the security protocols and how to custody crypto in a way that you can't just throw your seed phrases away or forget where you put it, right?
0: Yeah, and so I think that your device is going to work. Your Tesla device and your Ledger device is going to work and keep working. You know Those things are set up where if the device fails, you can purchase another one, but then you need that seed phrase. And then people think, no, but I've got a pin on my Tesla, also I don't need the seed phrase. So you really need that seed phrase. Yeah. Just
1: actually, I said last question, but I, I do have one more. For people who are interested in saving, you talked just a moment ago about people who are dollar cost averaging. In other words, they're buying a little bit of Bitcoin every month, which of course is a proven way to build up Bitcoin. And I think where we are right now, if you've done it over the last three years, you'd be pretty much at break even if you've been buying the same amount every month. So my question to you is Bitcoin or crypto as a means of saving, do you offer advice on that through your academy or have products that would stimulate that kind of positive behavior of saving
0: yeah i think always careful advice but it's always i think good behavior to put something away for a rainy day or invest whichever way you describe it we have a product called binance earn and we had a binance earn last week last week we focused predominantly on this product we recorded a lot of material that is available on our website on the academy so, I think in the first instance, encouraging people to look at Binance Earn right, and how the kind of say, not the interest, but the earnings you get, the yields you get in your crypto is that right? A lot of it goes to proof of stake protocols where you basically get paid to stake with someone and they then obviously get to mine crypto like Ethereum, Solana, et cetera. And that is obviously our in house product. So, one we vouch for. Again, asking people to educate themselves. But yeah, that is a product we quite strongly indoors and obviously our behavior we're also strong indoors it's just to keep in the game stay on the market you know it's was about it what who said the market is basically a transfer mechanism from the impatient to the patient and just staying in the market time in the market in crypto that's the same thing i think if you look at it over a three-year period yeah maybe the statistics won't be in your favor because we're coming out of a bull market into a bear market and, well, no one can predict the future, but I mean, if you look at all the stock to flow models, then it does indicate a bull market in the future again. So just keep at it, you know, just put a little bit away every month. Uh, do your own work in terms of which protocols and coins you want to invest in, and I think that will be rewarding the future. Fantastic stuff.
1: Hannes Vessels, General Manager for Southern Africa for Binance. Thanks very much for joining us on the Money Web Crypto podcast, Hannes, and we look forward to having you back again. Thank you, Kieran. appreciate
0: it. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, hosted by Kieran Ryan. To listen to our other podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.